0: or connecting with people through life groups and pocket churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message. Hey friends, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter nine. And if you're not in a place where you have access to a traditional Bible, you can open the YouVersion app or it's also called the Bible app and we've already uploaded all the notes and the scriptures, as always, we'll also put them on your screen. Wherever it is that you're watching us from, I just want you to know, like, I know we say this every week, but I genuinely do love you. I think about you during the week. I pray for you during the week. And so because of that, I'm so thankful that you're a part of our extended spiritual family. It's a really big deal to us around here. And so uh, last week was interesting, wasn't it? I think it it created some questions. uh, Maybe that you didn't think that you were going to ask of yourself or of other people during the discussion questions. Maybe with your family, we had a great discussion with my family and with my friend, Pastor Barry. Maybe it uh, brought up some thoughts that maybe you hadn't confronted in your own mind before. Um, It might have created some discomfort. Uh, But sometimes scripture can be uncomfortable, Uh, but we can't avoid the discomfort, especially when we choose to go chronologically through a portion of the Bible. And I've mentioned in previous messages how I've personally wondered why when speaking the introduction to our series on the book of Romans, I felt the Holy Spirit urge me to lay so much groundwork talking about the context. And I've wondered why that groundwork has caused me to spend so many weeks in the book of Acts. I mean, this could have been a series on the book of Acts, but it's been interesting how in the past few weeks, this detour into the book of Acts has caused us to align so well with what's happening in our culture and our country right now. Even in a detour that seemingly caused me to glaze over this huge event in our country, the murder of George Floyd. I mean, like when it happened, I was on a trip from DC to Dallas delivering a car uh, for my friend who's being transferred with the US Navy. And so, because of that trip, the one time I pre recorded that week's message, I pre recorded it before this huge tragedy happened. And even though the scriptures that I talked about that week were about Paul being abused because of his race, for the first time that I can remember as a local pastor, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to go back and redo my message. And I felt so heavily that I was supposed to directly address what happened to Mr. Floyd and the fallout that resulted from that. And so consequently, that redo pushed us back a week in the chronology of the scriptures, which caused last week's scriptures, you know, the ones about the sexual confusion in Corinth to coincidentally fall on Pride Week. And it caused another coincidental alignment with the scriptures this week. I wanna talk about that today in a message that we're calling The Crown. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're grateful to you. Thank you that you control all things. You hold all things in the palm of your hand. And God, sometimes when we feel like there's a mix-up or a mess-up, God, you're always up to something good. And so today I pray for my friends on the other side of this screen, who love you and who hunger for you, who are looking for more. I pray that your Holy Spirit would resonate, that it would radiate, that it would change us, make us different, make us new, in Jesus' name, amen. And so here we find Paul in Corinth confronting some really complex issues, some really difficult issues, some issues that are particularly pertinent to our situation today. And while he's confronting those complex issues, he's lonely. And honestly, he's a little bit overwhelmed. I mean, although he'd made friends with Priscilla and Aquila, he struggled to spread the message of Jesus to the extent that he wanted to. Like he had to work a job and that took up this huge portion of his time. It was like this really big distraction for him, and then the lack of help in the actual teaching about Jesus, that that really wore on him. And so he longed for his friend Silas and his friend Timothy to to show up, to arrive, to help him. And finally they did. After a few months, they, they showed up, and because of their arrival, Paul was overjoyed. He was so psyched. He was totally elated, but he wasn't only excited because of their arrival, he was also excited because they brought money. The Philippians, they sent an offering that made it possible for Paul to devote himself to preaching full time again. And so with that freedom to preach full time, he goes to the local synagogue, which he typically did. But like typically happened, a group of the local Jewish community, they refused to believe. In fact, they became really angry. And so Paul was again seized. He was stripped naked and he was publicly whipped again. 39 lashes in front of the synagogue leader, Crispus, and the entire congregation. And so at that, like Paul had it. He, he picked up his clothes. He shook them out and he said this, your blood be on your own heads. Me, I'm innocent of it. From now on, I'm going to the Gentiles. And that's exactly what he did. He went to the house next door to the synagogue, which was owned by a Gentile named Titus Justice, and he had church there. But his commitment and his conviction to the message of Jesus, it was so powerful that a group of the Jews who had actually witnessed his beating showed up at the house the next Sunday. They they wanted to hear him preach. And ironically, The first person to be converted and baptized in that house church was none other than Crispus, the synagogue leader who had had Paul whipped. And Crispus' conversion, it led to him being forcefully removed from leadership of the synagogue and being replaced by a man named Sosthenes. But when news spread throughout the city that Paul, a Jewish rabbi, had been banned from the synagogue, Throngs of pagan Corinthians flocked to the house church the next Sunday. So many that they spilled out of the house and filled every area on every side. And at that, a powerful church was born. And we hear that now, and we think that's really no big deal. But it was like a huge miracle considering the environment that Paul was preaching Jesus into. In fact, years later, when he would write the book of Romans from this very same city, he would describe what the environment had been like. Watch this. He said, all their thinking has ended in futility and their misguided minds are plunged in darkness. They boast of their wisdom, but they've made fools of themselves, exchanging the splendor of immortal God for an image shaped like mortal man, even for images like birds, beasts, and creeping things. In consequence, God has given them up to their shameful passions. Their women have exchanged natural intercourse for unnatural and their men in turn, giving up natural relations with women, burn with lust for one another. Males behaving indecently with males and are paid in their own persons the fitting wages of such perversion. They're filled with every kind of injustice, mischief, rapacity, and malice. They are one mass of envy, murder, rivalry, treachery, and malevolence, whisperers, and scandal mongers, hateful to God, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent new kinds of mischief. They show no loyalty to parents, no conscience, no fidelity to their plighted word. They are without natural affection and without pity. They know well enough the just decree of God that those who behave like this deserve to die, and yet they do it. Not only so, they actually applaud such practices. But when they did believe, they completely leapt out of their old existence, so much that Paul wrote this about them. They became a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come into being. And when they became new, they became incredibly vocal. They took to the streets to tell everyone who came to the city from around the region to conduct business about Jesus. And people received Jesus in droves. And churches began to pop up in houses in every city and every town in the surrounding area. And it infected the believers who had already been in Corinth prior to Paul's arrival, especially Priscilla and Aquila, who loved the Lord but hadn't thought to share their faith prior to this. And that infectious faith, it reached Sosthenes, the new ruler of the synagogue, and he became a follower of Jesus. And when he did, he invited Paul to come back to the synagogue to preach Jesus in there. And that incensed the other principal Jews in that synagogue. And so before Paul could ever accept Sostine's invitation and hold a service in the synagogue, those principal Jews approached Gallio, the Roman governor of Corinth, and they accused Paul of promoting a religion that was contrary to Rome. They argued that his teachings would cause an uprising in the city and a violent rebellion against the emperor in Rome. And so Galileo, he held the fate of Christianity in his hand. If he deemed this to be a matter of Roman law, it would be a capital offense and Paul and all these new Corinthian Jesus followers would have immediately been put to death. Uh, which by all accounts, had that happened, every one of Paul's converts across the empire would have probably dispersed. They, they probably would have caused Christianity to disappear. But Galileo, he saw no threat. He had no interest in their religious affairs, so instead of a capital offense, he deemed this to be a civic matter, which gave the Jews every legal right to pursue the fullest punishment under Jewish law. So they seized Sosthenes and they inflicted the 39 lashes on him. But they did this in the presence of the governor. They were hoping to gather his respect and his support. But he wasn't impressed. And so he passed a judgment that since Paul hadn't actually taught in their synagogue, he was to remain untouched. And that judgment left him and his converts free to preach anywhere else they wanted without danger of assault or imprisonment. With that judgment, Rome had become their protector. Any religious leader who attacked Paul would be punished by the full force of the Roman military because what the enemy meant to harm you, God intended it for a good purpose. And this victory for Paul and ultimately Christianity, it happened in the first week of July, 51 AD come on, man. I mean, I know I'm here and you're there and I know I can't hear you, but I hope that somebody else heard that and was like, hello. I hope that my friend, Pastor Dallas was like, stop it. Like, am I the only one who finds these coincidences exciting? Like, like, had I not been on that trip and, and had I addressed the George Floyd thing the week that it happened, I wouldn't have addressed the, the like sexual confusion thing on Pride Week. And, and like, so I would have been talking about this last week and the whole first of July week thing, it wouldn't have even mattered. But now, because of divine detours, it does matter. And because it matters, it makes me wonder, on this anniversary of Paul's miraculous victory, what miraculous victory might be waiting for you what is it that the enemy meant for harm in your life that God intended for a good purpose? But not only that, what are you gonna do with that victory? Paul, he took full advantage of it. He took full advantage of his freedom by, by taking his group of Jesus followers to the Isthmian Games to preach the message of salvation by faith through grace to the tens of thousands of additional people who would have come to the city for the Corinthian version of the Olympics where like rather than the medals that winners receive now, the winners of each event was awarded a head wreath called a crown, which the winner would then lay at the feet of his governor in exchange for the reward of financial support, support for him and support for his family so that he wouldn't have to work, but could instead dedicate all of his time to training for the next games. And and these games, these Olympics of a sort, they would have allowed Paul to reach the most celebrated, influential people from around the region. People who would go back and in turn reach people Paul never could have. And it was an experience that Paul would reminisce about later when he wrote these words to the Corinthians. Though I'm free and I belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Now watch this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get that prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. He was saying, in your difficulties, don't forget this time. Don't forget these games. Never forget the miracle that God performed for you. Never forget what the enemy meant to harm you then and what he means to harm you now. God intended then and he intends now for a good purpose. And I wonder, what experiences are you having that God intends for good? What experiences are you having that God wants to redeem for your benefit and the benefit of someone else? What oppression or opposition have you been experiencing that God is intending to turn to good? Whatever experiences, oppression, or opposition you're experiencing, they come with a reward, a crown that will last forever, a promise that he will work those things for your good if you'll submit them to him and lay them at his feet. Will you do that today? Will you close your eyes? I wonder today, if here you are, you're watching this, you, you, you don't have any experience with God, you don't have any relationship with Jesus, and so the, today we're gonna talk first about salvation. The experiences of Paul's life, they, they led him, the murderous experiences, his, his terrible past, it led him to a wonderful future, and that's what can happen for you. It's the same thing with the Corinthians, these people who had this terrible past, these terrible experiences that led to their wonderful future, a future that was changed because of a commitment that they made. But not just a commitment, a relationship that they entered into. And that's what salvation is. It's entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And in exchange for that relationship, we are given this crown that will never fade, that will never falter, that will never fall apart. That crown for you and that crown for me, it is the crown of eternal life, life forever away from sin and shame and hurt and pain. And so if you're here and you you say, Shauna, I've not accepted that, I've not entered into that relationship with Jesus, it's not complicated. It's such a simple process. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna gonna pray a few lines in a prayer and then I'm gonna pause. And when I pause, if you'll say those lines that I just said and mean them in your heart, the Bible says that you will be changed, that you will be saved. And so if you need this relationship with Jesus, I'm just gonna ask you to say these words after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Will you change me? Will you come into my heart and into my life, make me different, make me new, make me like you, in Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, your life has just been revolutionized. It's just been changed forever. Your your future and your destiny have been changed, and so you begin a journey that won't always be easy, quite frankly. And since it won't always be easy, we'd like to walk that with you. And so if you'd give us the opportunity to do that, we would be honored to walk this with you. And here's how you can help us help you. There's a little button on your screen. You can click that. It says you're choosing to raise your hand. And if you give us your information, then we'll be mindful to connect with you and to follow up with you. I'm, I'm so proud of you, I'm so excited for you, but I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes again. I wonder if you're watching this and you say like, I'm a Jesus guy or I'm a Jesus girl, but you know what, Shauna, I've been living under oppression and opposition. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're hearing news that there could be another one coming who can't feel like they're living under oppression and opposition, but maybe for you, it's more than what you watch on the news. Maybe for you, it was before the pandemic. Maybe for you, you just have that spirit of heaviness on you. So if that's you, I want to pray for you. And so God, thank you for my friends who love you and uh, want with all their hearts to serve you who like they're living their lives under this heaviness. Maybe they're like Paul and they're lonely, God. Maybe they're like Paul and they feel totally overwhelmed. They want to share you, but they don't feel like they're equipped to do it. So, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would well up within them, move them, make them, shape them, God, into what it is that you want them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you so much. I'm so excited, so excited about what it is that God's doing through this. I can't wait to find out what next week is going to be like. And so, before we go, let me just tell you, we did put some discussion questions up that we would love for you guys to go through again. My family and I and my friend, Pastor Barry, we went through them last week and gosh, it was just so interesting and so eye-opening and it just makes this whole thing become so much more relevant to you. And so again, I love you, I'm grateful for you. Will you worship with us? Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to LifeChurchGreenBay.com to download today.